तर्वाणी संयम्य युक्त आसीत मत्पर वशे येन्द्रिया तज्ञा प्रतिष्ठिता नाउद संधि विच्छेद Tani is the plural accusative form of the pronoun meaning them. Sarvani is the plural accusative form of an adjective meaning all, referring to all of the perceptions mentioned in the previous verse. Samyamya is a past perfect form of a verb with a variety of meanings related to to come together. In this context, it translates best as to herd or to muster. Yuktaha is the singular nominal form of a noun referring to an adherent. As in verse 54, asita is the singular third-person form of a verb that indicates the potential to sit. In the context of this verse, it translates as to stay. Mut is the singular ablative form of the first-person pronoun. Baraha is an adjective meaning the highest, so Matparaha means holding me as the supreme. Vashe is the locative form of a noun meaning submission. As I have said before, in Sanskrit, the verb to be is often omitted and must be inferred. This is one such case because Krishna is saying perceptions are in submission. He is a particle giving verbal emphasis, so he is saying, indeed, one whose perceptions are in submission. Yasya is the possessive form of a pronoun meaning who. As in the previous verse, Indriyani is the plural nominal form of a noun usually translated as sense, referring to the five senses. But I prefer to translate it as perception. The following three words are exactly as in the previous verse. Dasya is the singular possessive form of the third person pronoun. Pradnya is the singular nominal form of a noun meaning intelligence. Pratishthita is the singular nominal form of an adjective meaning secure. Reordering for English, we get the following anvaya. Samyamya sarvani tani asita yuktaha matparaha Yasya Indriyani hi vashe tasya pragnya pratishthita. Having mustered all of them, who would stay adherent to my supremacy, one whose perceptions are indeed in submission, that one's intelligence is secure. 
Chapter 2 is a relatively long chapter and generally accepted as constituting a summary or abstract of the Bhagavad Gita. It is therefore remarkable that not once is there reference to any God or to any Lord of the Universe, only to a mysterious embodied one referred to indirectly as that. This verse comes close to breaking this rule because Krishna, in passing, refers to his personal supremacy. One of the puzzling and thought-provoking narratives in the Mahabharata is that the character of Krishna is presented as a god, an incarnation of Vishnu, with supernatural powers. But frequently he displays imperfections and limitations. The characters, including Krishna himself, at some times seem to accept and submit to his godly nature, but at other times seem to forget and treat him as an ordinary human being. The Bhagavad Gita remains true to this narrative, opening with Krishna acting as a charioteer, almost a servant, but still a friend to Arjuna, and in later chapters, speaking of himself as God and displaying powers verging on the supernatural. Thank you for subscribing to the 5-Minute Gita, narrated by Milind S. Pandit, with gratitude to my father and Sanskrit teacher, Dr. Sudhakar M. Pandit. I recommend English translations by Swami Gambhirananda or Swami Chinmayananda. The late Dr. Sundar Hattangari has also published Sandhi Vichayad and Anvaya, available online.